Now, take your Bible, the book of Ruth. We're going to look in the book of Ruth. And I'm going to look in chapter 2. Now, there are only four chapters. And while I'm preaching tonight, you can jot down some things in the margin of your Bible. But the book of Ruth, the book of Ruth starts off with the sorrows of a backslider. And it starts off with a, a man called Elimelech. And his wife was named Naomi. And they had two sons, and they were named Milon and Chilon. And they went down into the land of Moab. Moab means God's wash pot. If God ever puts you in the pot, brother, you'll come out clean. Say amen right there. You'll come out clean. But we're going to the second chapter. Tonight to read the scripture for the message. I want you to stand with me, please, if you will, all over the house. Everybody standing, we're going to read the scripture. And the Bible says, beginning with verse 1, chapter 2, the book of Ruth. The little book with only four chapters. This is what the Bible says. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's might, a mighty man of wealth. Now notice what his name was, and we'll come back. It says, and the, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. Now let me show you something. The first thing it says about Boaz in the book of Ruth, he was rich. You see, Jesus was rich. Praise God, I like that. He owns it all. Well, honey, he's not poor. And the first thing that he says about Boaz in the book of Ruth, it said he's a mighty man and he's wealthy. Wealthy. Let's read the second verse. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. Mister, if you don't find grace, you're going to be in bad shape. Grace. If you don't find grace. Now read, read on with me, please. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her half was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. Let me stop right here give you something about Bethlehem tonight real quickly. Bethlehem means house of bread. And after the birth of Jesus, you never read the word Bethlehem again in the Bible. You'll read a lot about Jerusalem. You'll read a lot about Capernaum. You'll read a lot about Babylon. You'll read a lot about other cities. But after the birth of Jesus, you won't read the word Bethlehem anymore. You see, after the living bread was born, they didn't need the house of bread anymore. Say amen right there. Amen. All right, look in your Bible. We'll read on down. He said, at verse 4, And the whole boys came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, the Lord bless thee. Now, I got a little habit. I like it. A lot of folks don't like it, but I like it. I'll say, if you do certain things, the Lord will bless you. Say amen right there. Amen. He said he would. He said, if you tithe, he'll bless you. And he said, if you don't tithe, he'd cut off the blessings. Amen. I'm just getting quiet. Now, I need to start preaching right here tonight. My heavens, we need to get in this thing. Amen. Do you want a blessing? The Lord said he'd bless her. I like this. Boy, that's good. Let's read on. I better get over that. Y'all going to down before I get down. Verse 5. Then Boaz said unto his servant, uh, that was said over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? Who is that little girl down in that field? Whose damsel is this? Notice what the Bible says now. And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is a Moabitess damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheep. So she came 
and hath continued even from the morning until now, that she tarried a little in the house. Now look this way, and then I'm going to bring you the message tonight. Here's one of the most beautiful things in all the Bible. Here's a girl in a strange country. Here's a girl with no friends. Here's a girl with nothing, no money, no name, no anything. Brother Moabites, when they got over to Israel or to Bethlehem or to Jerusalem, they didn't have a name. Here's a little old girl. Her name was Ruth. But down in the land of Moab, it was popular, but when she got to Bethlehem, they ignored her. But there's one up there that knew her, and I'm glad his name was Boaz. And in just a moment, I'm going to bring you the message, but I want you to be seated all over the house, beloved. I want you to bow your head for a word of prayer. I'm going to pray and then bring you the message. Father, we do thank you for every blessing of this day, and we thank you, Lord, for the message of the romance of redemption. I'm glad Jesus loved me, and I'm glad Jesus loves every person in this house, and I pray that this night will be a blessed night. Thank you for the good singing, how blessed it's been. Lord, I thank you that we can sing about the mercy of God, how that when justice called, mercy answered. I'm glad Lord, that we can sing tonight about while eternal ages roll. God, everybody in this house will be somewhere while eternity rolls on. I pray that every sinner will see himself in that awful place called hell. And then I pray that the saints of God may recognize as long as God lives, they're going to live with God. And so I pray that you bless our hearts now as we come to open up the Word of God. And we'll praise you, Lord, for all that you do, because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. And while we take our look tonight in the Word of God, I want you to take your pencil. And in a few moments, I'm going to give you some things. I want you to write down concerning the story and the message of Ruth. The message of Ruth is about a Gentile woman. The message of Ruth is about a man that was a kinsman redeemer. Now you say, who was the Gentile woman preacher? Her name was Ruth. Notice some things about her. She was a pagan. Oh, the Bible said she was a Moabite. She was a stranger to God without hope in this world. I want to tell you before I met Jesus, I was a pagan, lost and undone without God. Every person, my friend, outside the grace of God is a stranger to God. Every person in this house, every person that's listening to this radio program, until you're saved and born again, Mr. Your Stranger. Here she was, a pagan, an outcast, if you please. But then there was a man, and his name was Boaz. Let me say, first of all, I thank God for the Lord Jesus, my heavenly Boaz. Boy, that blesses me. I'm glad. You say, preacher, what about that earthly Boaz? There's three things. Let me give them to you real quickly about him. First of all, he was rich. Thank God he had plenty. And I'm glad my father is rich in houses and lands. The second thing about Boaz, he was able. If you ever get to the place that you don't believe that your God's able, mister, you'll never do anything for the Lord Jesus Christ. He was able. And the third thing about him, Roy, he was worthy. Oh, praise God, worthy is the Lamb. And Boaz was worthy. Now I want you to jump down the three keys 
midst of the book of Ruth. Chapter 1, you have Ruth sought. Chapter 2 and chapter 3, you have Ruth taught. And chapter 4, you have Ruth bought. Now, brother, that blesses me. You say, what blesses you? I'm glad that the Lord saw her. Aren't you glad that Jesus sought you? You say, he didn't seek me. Well, mister, you don't know your Bible. The Bible said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Man has never sought God. God always takes the initiative. Back in the Garden of Eden, God came in the cool of the day and said, Adam, for our power. Adam didn't go looking for God. God came looking for Adam. And you say, Preacher Mays, how was Ruth sought? Five links in the chain of grace that brought her to Boaz. Five links. I'm going to give them to you. You'll find them in that first chapter. You say, Preacher, what were the five links in the chain of grace that brought her to Boaz? The first was a famine. It was down in the house of, uh, of bread. Now that's sad, brother, when there's a spiritual famine on. Did you know around America there's a spiritual famine tonight? My Bible, it's what my Bible said. Amos said there'll come a famine of the hearing of the Word of God. It didn't say that there'd be a famine of the Word. It said there'll be a famine of the hearing of the Word of God. I hear people say, I like it just like it is. I don't know whether you do or not. Why, bless God, I don't know where people want the pure, unadulterated Word or not. You don't see our churches running over that where they're standing for the Word. I want to tell you something, mister. It, it was a famine. Now watch this. Now Ruth didn't know that famine was going on up there. You see, God's working on the other end. I'm glad when I was lost that God was working on the other end. Boy, that blesses me. Don't it bless you? And though she didn't know it, God was working through a famine. That's the first great link in the chain of grace. Number two, not only was there a famine, but there was a family that God worked through. I want to tell you, God works through families. Not all the families are going to hell. The Bible said there's a man named Elimelech and his wife named Naomi. And they have two sons, Milon and Chilon. And God took that little family. Now I'll admit they wouldn't live in close to God. I'll admit, brother, they, they wouldn't live like they should have. If they had a been, they wouldn't have left Bethlehem. But because of a famine, their faith wasn't too strong, and they take off to a strange land. Mr. Everett, if you run every time there's a little famine, listen, God can feed you during a famine. God can clothe you during a famine. Somebody said to me one day, said, Preacher, there's going to be such a famine in Atlanta that, that there won't be but one cracker left, said, what are you going to do? I said, I'll be on one end nibbling. Say amen. Brother God's going to take care of his children. And so there was a little family. Now get this quickly and I have to go on. This family had a little light. And they did talk about the old days. It grabs me to hear people say, well, I used to shout, what's the matter now? Praise God when God squeezes your heart and juice runs out your eyes and heaven comes down. God's the same. The Bible's the same. The Holy Spirit's the same. Why? I hear people say, preacher, here's a little family. And God used that family. That family, what a blessing. I was in a revival in High Point, North Carolina, the first week of January. Now hear me. I've never had this in all the revivals I've ever had. On Saturday night, one family sang in the choir. 
filled the choir and all the grandchildren. And one family, 34 people, out of that one family made up the choir. They may not all have lived right, but I said, praise God, it's good to see a family that'll come to the house of God. And here's a family called Elimelech's family, and that's the second chain. Wow, in this grace. And thirdly, here's the third chain, or the third link in that chain of grace. That was a funeral. Sometimes God has to let a funeral come along before people go to church. And sometimes God has to let a casket come into your house. Brother, I'm glad a hearse don't have to take me to church. Praise God, I don't want to wait around. So there's a funeral. You say, preacher, did they wait? There were three funerals. The funeral of Elimelech, the funeral of Milan, and the funeral of Chilon. And then she said, I'll go back to Bethlehem. Listen to me tonight. God used a funeral. And in the case of Isaiah, brother, in Isaiah chapter 6, God used a funeral. It says, in the year the king of Zion died, I saw the Lord. He wasn't looking for God until his best friend died. A lot of people never go to church until there's a death in the funeral. That's why in the funeral, brother, we ought to get up and preach about the bees and the uh, babbling brooks and talk about crossing the bar. We ought to preach hell so hot everybody in there and smell the smoke. You say you're cruel. No, that's the only time some people will ever hear the word of God, mister. I want you to know the third link in the chain that brought root to Boaz to the funeral. Here's the fourth one. There are five of them. Five the numerical number of grace. Five, number four. Write this down. You say, preacher, what was it? It was fear. Oh, when she stood out there at that graveyard, and Naomi said, I'm sorry. I'm too old to have a child. And I'm too old for you. Uh, to wait for another boy to come in for him to grow up. Uh, and her heart melted. Uh, little Oprah said, I'll kiss you. I'll say goodbye. Didn't bother her at all. Now, you don't know something that bothered Ruth. Uh, and it's in fear. Uh, she said, wait a minute. No, I can't go back to my people. Uh, I don't have a God to go back to. Uh, she said, thy people shall be my people. Thy God shall be my God. And whithersoever thou lodgest, said, I want to hang around there. Say amen. Let's God feel right with God. You won't want to lodge around the devil's crowd. Say amen. When you get right with God, you want to lodge around righteousness and holiness and godly living, mister. I tell you, we got too many people want to hang around the devil's dives anyway. Say amen right there. The Bible's in fear. Now, let me give you some. That old song, Amazing Grace. You, you, you know the first stanza, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound, that's blessed. I like the last stanza, when we've been there 10,000 years. But I like this stanza, T'was grace that taught my heart to fear. Grace held me over hell, and grace showed me that I was lost. But it was that same grace, my fears relieved. Hallelujah. Read that sometime when you're studying. Uh, read Amazing Grace. Was grace that taught me to fear, my heart to tremble. But it was that same grace, my fears relieved. Hallelujah. Oh, you say, preacher, amazed. How did God seek this woman? God sought her four ways. I've given you fifth link in the chain of grace, a field. A peel. You say, what do you mean, peel, preacher? 
Well, we see that little widow and her mother-in-law coming back into Bethlehem. Now, you watch this. I want to show you something. And they get back over to Bethlehem. The whole town turns out they've been away ten years. Brother, it's long. It's a long time for a man to stay away from God, for a person to stay away from the blessings of God. Some of you stay away from Christmas to Easter. Say amen right there. Amen. Bless God. Some people don't go to church. They come dragging in about the time for ho, ho, ho. You better get low, low, low in your mind. Get that ho, ho, ho off. And some of you talk about Easter eggs and, ra- you know, bunny rabbits. Uh, whoever heard of a rabbit laying egg? Say amen right there. Why, my heavens, this village is going to church. And somebody said, hey, preacher. And they stayed down in the land of Moab 10 years. Then they come home. Now watch this. And when they get in the city limits, some little girl runs up and says, Hi, Naomi. She said, don't you call me Naomi. Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. The Lord had testified against me. I went out full, but the Lord had brought me home again empty. Oh, she said, my God, don't call me that name. Call me Mara. Call me Mara. And so they come to Bethlehem. Now watch this. I see these two little widow ladies. Get them on. Little old shanty. I, I mean, it wasn't a fancy house. Little old shack up there. And they start housekeeping two widow women. And then that old widow says, Honey, somebody's got to go. And somebody's got to bring bread. And that little girl named Ruth, she said, I'll go in the fields and glean. And the Bible said she came to a certain field. Now, you hear me? It was an accident. She, boy, the Holy Ghost led her to the field of Boaz. Oh, happy day when the Holy Ghost leads you to the right field. Say amen. I want to tell you something. It's blessed. And the Bible said as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. If you're not led by the Spirit, you're not even saved. But she came to a certain field. Now that's in chapter 1. Now watch this. We come to chapter 2 and chapter 3, and we find Ruth taught. You know, it's not enough to get a man saved. You've got to teach him what the Bible says. He said, go in all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them and teaching them all things whatsoever I command you. Boy, I'll tell you, as you're saved, your little baby, you need the sincere milk of the word. You need to grow up. Brother, you need mature. You need to get to where you can get some meat. Some of you are still on milk. Say amen right there. Paul said, I'd give you some meat, but he gives you spirits and indigestion, and I still had to put you on milk. I, I had some members of my church, and I know this is uncouth, but you look here, I'm going to show you something. And there's little babies, and I had to burp them after I'd preach to them on Sunday morning. I'd put them up there, and they'd burp, and they'd be all right. You'd say, what's the matter with them? Bless God, they had spiritual indigestion. Now, they couldn't swallow the word. And after a while, if they can't swallow the word, they keep getting sick and you have to burp them every Sunday. They'll burp you out of the church. Say amen right there. Amen. I had one old fellow in my church, and I put him up there one Sunday, and he'd been listening to Herbert W. Armstrong. And you know what? I burped him up, came Herbert, and he got all right. Say amen right there. And somebody said, Brother me, I'm telling you what the book says. They came, and, and Ruth was taught. Now, I want you to see, chapter 2 and chapter 3, she was taught three things. Now, before I give you what she was taught, let me, say, let me show you something. After she worked in that field, she was out there, and the sweat was coming down. 
You say preparation, not over in Israel, brother, it's pure old sweat. I want to tell you something. And she's out there in that field, and as she worked, there's a man named Boaz that owned that field. And he came out and looked down the road. As he looked down, he saw this little Moabite girl. And he said to the, he said to the head man there uh, of the field, Who is that little girl down yonder? Who is the damsel down there? Tell me who she is. And he said, She's a little Moabite girl. She's uh, from the Moabite people. Said she came home with Naomi. And old Boaz looked down that field, and when he looked down that field, he saw her, and she saw him, and what a blessing it was. Are you listening to me? And he looked down, and she looked up. Do you remember the day, listen to me, when he looked down, and you looked up, mister? Some of you looked to the Baptist and didn't get nothing. Say amen. You better get higher in the Baptist. Bless God, you better look up toward heaven and see the Lord. And somebody said, Mains, are you listening? Boy, old Boaz said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. He said, go in front of her and drop a few handfuls on purpose. Let me tell you something. Are you listening to me? She knew something was happening out there in that field. After she'd gleaned a little while, she got to picking up those special handfuls on purpose. And boy, when the... Uh, start, sun started to set in Bethlehem. You know what she did? She ran home. And she was praising her God. And she ran in and said, Naomi! Naomi! I'm happy. Two things made her happy. Now write this down to remember. Two things made her happy. First, she had some handfuls on purpose. I'm glad somebody left a few handfuls for me. Glory to God. I'm glad some old fights and preacher went along and left a few handfuls for me. And what a blessing that is! Aren't you glad somebody went ahead of you and sowed the seed and threw a few handfuls your way? The second thing that made her happy, not only she had her, her lap, it says half, not only her apron full of body, but listen to what the Bible said. The Bible said she is in love. And boy, she is happy. She is happy. Now let me tell you something, folks. Not many people know what love is. Not many people know what love is. And you hear me tell Night, I want to give you something. I want you to ever forget it. But she had fallen in love with Boaz, and Boaz had fallen in love with her. John said, We love him. Not because, well, we loved him first, but because he loved us first. He loved me when I was an outcast. He loved me, bless God, when I was a stranger. He loved me when I was a nobody. Oh, you say, Preacher. And she said, I'm in love. And I, I hear Naomi say, are you sure? Oh, Lord, have mercy. She said, I'm in love. I've met Boaz. I'm in love. And so in chapter 2 and chapter 3, she was taught three things. Would you write this down? Number one, she was taught by Naomi her new relationship. Oh, thank God. You talk about a blessing. She was part of the family of God. Now let me tell you some folks. If you're saved, you're in the family of God. I'm glad God's my father. Jesus is my elder brother. And the Holy Ghost is my comforter. And the devil's not my 42nd cousin anymore. Say amen right there. God, I want to tell you something. You say, well, are you just a little preacher? Listen, I'm his and he's mine. The Bible says, to as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. 
Oh, you say, preacher, if so-and-so was my daddy, if Ronald Reagan was my daddy, I, I could brag. Let me tell you something. I know something better than that. The God that stood upon nothing and praise God created everything. He's my father. And Jesus, his only begotten son, is my elder brother. And praise God, the Holy Ghost is my comforter. And I'm shouting all that on down the way. New relationship. Here she is. and But she said, I'm an outcast. And she said, well, well, wait a minute, Naomi. I'm a Moabite. She said, you used to be. Oh, the devil come along and say, you're still condemned. You're still without God. You're still without hope. Are you listening to me? No, you're not, mister. We're now the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when we shall see him. We shall be like him. That I want to put a shout in your soul. A new relationship. See, I got a new family. Glory to God. And she had a new family. Why, think about God put you into his family. Oh, you're in the family of the redeemed. You're in the family of God. What a wonderful thing it is to be in the family of God. Well, you say, what did Naomi teach her? Naomi taught her of her new relationship. Said, you don't have to go down there and Moab. Bless God, you stay up here in the house of bread. For you're in the family of God now. If you could see that tonight, it revolutionized your thinking. Now, brother, you say, preacher, I don't understand it. You hear me? I want you to know you have a new relationship. If you're saved and born again, you have a new relationship. Number two, not only did she teach her her new relationship, but second, she taught her her newfound riches. Said Jesus is poor when you came and listen. Before I met him, I had nothing. But I'm an heir with God and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. And praise the Lord, we've got everything. Amen. I like that. Bless God, if you're saved tonight, you don't have to pour mouth around. you got everything. Amen. I was up with Brother A.G. Wall several years ago in Mount Airy. And I, I still never do this. But I was going around him with visiting, and we went around, and I saw a big coffee table uh, wheel. I said, A.G., I said, bless God, I'd like to have one of those. He said, Mace, those things cost $175. I said, I don't care how much it costs, I'd like to have one. He said, just pray. We went on down, I saw 11 band radio, and I said, A.G., I'd like to have one of those. He said, Mace, that's expensive, but pray. Went all over, we saw a big picture in the man's house, and I said, boy, I'd like to have one of those. He said, pray. And I, everything I saw that week, I said, I'd like to have it. Sunday afternoon before he introduced me, he said, I want Mace to stand up here and stand by me. And I got up there by him, and the deacons and the men of the church carried everything down in front of that church, Northside Baptist Church in Mount Early, North Carolina, that I'd asked for all week. Everything I asked for. And he said, now, I'll tell you what we're going to do to Brother Mays. Just before he preaches, we're going to dedicate him the song. And you know what they dedicated to me? Now have everything. Praise God. Let me tell you something. If you're saved, are you listening? You're not poor. You've got everything. Isn't that a blessing? I will make you shout tonight. Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, we know how that he who was poor became. He who was rich became poor that we through his poverty might be rich. Thank God. I'm so glad 
And when Naomi said to Ruth, I want to teach you your newfound riches, said, Honey, you're rich. Boaz is rich. You've got plenty. That's a blessing. A blessing. Now, I don't have this. My wife's here. Maybe you do. I, I, I guess you do. Uh, a lot of men and their wives, you, you want to have to have a, a joint checking account. Are you listening? That means that your name's on that checkbook and her name's on that checkbook. And if you got money in the bank, either one of you can write a check. Do you know what Jesus did, bless God, when you got saved? He gave you a checkbook. His name's on there, and your name's on there, and you're joint heirs with Him. And praise God, you can write a check, and it's good in heaven. Say amen. Brother, the riches of His grace. Are you listening to me? If you have a joint checking account, and if you've got money in the bank, either one can write a check, and they'll honor it. Well, I'm glad. I'm on a checking account with Jesus. And praise God, I've got riches. And so she taught her the second thing. She taught her newfound riches. Number three, number three, he taught her her, and I love this bit, I guess better than anything when it comes. He looked at her and she, he said, I want you to know, uh, I, I want you to have rest. And Naomi said, honey, you worked and you're tired. And I want you to have rest. Now, you hear me something? Naomi said, I'm going to teach you where your rest is. Uh, do you know where your rest is with God? Let me tell you something. Your rest is not in a pill. Your rest is not in a cigarette. Your rest is not in dope. You say, where can I find rest? I'm glad you can find You, you know where Naomi told Ruth to go? said, you wait till Boaz goes to sleep tonight. And you go in and kneel down at his feet. And there you find rest. Praise God if you'll come to the feet of Jesus. I'm glad there's rest. And what a blessing that is. The Bible said in Hebrews 4 and verse 9, Therefore there remaineth rest for the people of God. Now boy, that shouting ground right there, do you know that? You have rest in the Lord. Somebody said, preach. Listen to what the book If you'll go to Hebrews chapter 4, I don't have time. Uh, uh, verse 9 said, Therefore there remaineth the rest for the people of God. Six times before that, in eight verses, you'll find the word rest. Rest! And you'll find it in Jesus, the high priest. There is no other place to find rest but in the Son of God. I'm glad he said, Go and kneel at the feet of Boaz. And she said, I want to tell you, I learned you'll have rest at the Redeemer's feet. I learned you to have rest at the kinsman redeemed. He's kin to Elimelech. He's our kinsman redeemer, and you'll find rest at his feet. Now, I want to tell you something tonight, folks. You'll learn your rest is in the Lord. If you can't rest in Him, there's something very, very strange about your experience. All right? I want you to come to chapter 4. Chapters 2 and chapter 3 tell us what Ruth was taught. Chapter 4 tells us how she was bought. You say, what do you mean, preacher? I want to show you something. I'll give you the verse in a minute. But listen to what the Bible says. Boaz went back and bought and paid for everything of Elimelech. All the debts he had, brother, he took care of them. And Boaz went down and took care of all of uh, uh, Ruth's husband's debt. That it died. That it died. And after he paid all the debts, he went and said in verse 10... 
and I purchased her to be my wife. Do you hear what the book says? It said he purchased her to be his wife. Now, I'm going to give you something. You know what that word purchase here means in the book of Ruth? It means ransomed. He ransomed me. He ransomed you. And if you can't shout over that tonight, mister, there's something wrong somewhere. Oh, he ransomed me. Now, let me give you something. Ransom means seven things, but I'm going to give you just one meaning of the word ransom. You know what it is? It means to go to a junkyard and pick up an old wreck that won't run with the fenders off and restore it better than new. I'm glad he came to the junkyard and he ransomed me. And he didn't patch me up. He made me a new creature, brother. Thank God for the ransom of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, how do you pay for it? First Peter 1.18 says, Not with silver and gold and corruptible things, but with his precious blood. Thank God he hath redeemed us. I'm glad it's the blood. I'm glad the blood had lost its power. I'm glad for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when my granddaddy died, I didn't take off from revival. I went by his room. I hold a meeting about 50 miles down the road. And the day he died, I went by and I said, Granddaddy, and he looked up and he said, Hi, Maze. I said, I'm going to preach tonight. He said, Well, well, I, I'll be praying for you. I said to the little nurse tonight, I said, Take care of it. I'm going to preach. And I went down and preached and I came back that night and when I drove up at the hospital, listen to me, the light was out in his room. I knew it died. I jumped out of the car and ran down the hall and went down there and a little nurse had stayed over. She, her name was Miss Staten. And I said, how are you, Miss Staten? I said, what time did Grandpa die? And she looked at me and the tears in her eyes. She said, Maze, you ought to be here. Oh, you ought to be here. I said, really? Why? She said he'd said two things before he died. He was on that old oxygen tent and asked back before they had intensive care and all of that. But he had all that old oxygen tent. And uh, I stood there and I said, well, what did he say? Could you hear him? I thought, oh, she said, plain. said, before he died, he looked over to the wall and said, Jesus, turn your sweet face this way. Oh, you say, Brother Mays, listen to me. I said to Miss Staten, I don't know whether you see him, but I believe I see the face of Jesus. I believe he's standing over there. You say, I don't believe that Jesus has ever stood by anybody's bed. I believe a lot of good old saints have clapped their hands and sang, coming after me and praise God. I believe they saw Jesus standing at the foot of the bed. You say, I don't believe that. Well, don't bother me. I believe it. Glory to God, having the best time you've ever seen. But here's the second thing that my granddaddy said just before he died. Not only turn and say, Jesus, turn your sweet face this way. Listen to what the nurse said. The nurse said, he said, oh, the precious blood. Oh, the precious blood. I want to tell you it's precious while you live. But when you come down to the jaws of death, oh, how precious is that flow that washed me white as snow. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that blood. Lose all the guilty stain. Now listen. Are you listening? With his blood he purchased us. Boaz was rich and wealthy, and he purchased Ruth. He said, I'm buying her for my wife. I'll come back to that in just a moment. A hundred years ago, are you listening to me? There's a fellow in England. They called him 
sad face. Sad face. He's a doper. He drank. And they said, William, you're a sad-looking guy. And boy, he, his body was diseased and down at the very edge of death. But one night on the streets of London, a fellow came by, stopped his little Salvation Army band, started playing. And old sad William heard him. And you know what he did? He followed that little Salvation Army band into a little mission. And there that night, William was saved. He wasn't sad after that. He was happy. They didn't call him sad-faced William anymore. He read his New Testament, his Bible, for a year and a half. And after he'd read his Bible for a year and a half, listen to what he wrote. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stain. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. His name was William Cowper. William Cowper had tried to commit suicide 11 times. And then he got saved. And he had something to live for. And he wrote that song that you sing Sunday after Sunday. There is a fountain filled with blood. Listen to me. Jesus purchased you with his own blood. And he purchased me. Now come back quickly and I'll close the message out. Here, listen. In the fourth chapter you see how she was bought. He bought her. The Bible said he bought her, verse 10, as for his wife. It says, for his wife. And when he bought her for his wife, Jesus could say two things. Now, Brother Wendell could say to Ruth, and I hope he did when he got married, I love you. But that's all he could say. Are you listening? When old Boaz came there with Ruth, he looked down and said, I've got two things to say to you. I love you, and I bought you. Hallelujah. You're mine. I bought you. I'm glad not only did Jesus love me, but praise God, he bought me. And in verse 10, it says, and Boaz bought her. What a blessing. Now, let's sum it up here real quickly tonight, and I'll close. Are you listening? Chapter 2, where I read you, you know where you find her? You find her in a field. Chapter 3, you know where you find her? You find her at his feet. Chapter 4, you know where you find her? You find her in his family. Oh, that ought to bless you to death, brother. He found her in chapter 2 in a field. In chapter 3, he found her at his feet. In chapter 4, he found her in his family. She was part of his family now. Oh, let me tell you something. Nothing is blessed as knowing that you're part of the family of God. Let me give you this night clothes. A king was riding down, saw a little boy, poor, dejected. And he said, hi, son. The little boy looked up ragged and said, hi, your majesty. I'm glad to see the king. king said, would you like to be my son? Would you like to come? Would you like to go to the palace and live in, in the palace as a king's son? The little boy said, I, I sure would. And the king took him and took all of his little boy's rags. And the little boy took a little ragged box and put his rags in and put them away. When he got to the palace, they put on a robe and he put his crown on and his golden shoes and a scepter in his hand. Are you listening? But every morning for months, they noticed that little boy would go into a room, his bedroom, after he ate breakfast. And when he'd come out an hour later, 
his eyes to be red from weeping. And they wondered, the servants did, why are you weeping? Boy, you got everything. You're in the family of the king. You're, you got everything. Why are you weeping? So they asked him one morning. He said, watch me after breakfast and I'll show you. I'll leave the door kind of open. And he left the door open and he went in his room and took off his robe and his gold shoes and, and went over and got that old, that old box and reached down and got rags that he used to wear. Put them on and went over there and looked in the mirror. And he said, boy, this is where I used to live. In rags. Had no mama. Had no daddy. Had no family. I was on the street when he found me. And the king came. Gave me a bath and put robes on me. And took me home. And I'm now in the family of the king. And after he'd looked at himself in the rags, he went over and took the rags off and put the robe back on and put the crown back on. He stood there and tears streamed down his cheeks. He said, I'm in a different family now. Oh, he said, I've got riches untold. Thank God, I'm so glad I'm in a new family now. And it's wonderful what God can do. He can take you out of nothing and put you into everything. Ever head by the Bible. Ruth chapter 1. See how she was taught. Ruth chapter 2 and 3, you see how she was taught. Ruth chapter 4, you see how she was bought. Are you listening? Thank God. Thank God. The greatest story ever told. You deserve to go to hell, but Jesus bought you. Are you listening to me? You deserve to wear rags, but he offers you a robe. The robe of salvation, the robe of Calvary. Isaiah 61, 10 said he, Oh, he put the robe of salvation on me. Are you listening tonight? When you had nothing, the King of glory gave you everything. When Ruth was an outcast and a Moabite and a slave, and Ruth was hated because she was a Moabitish girl, thank God Boaz loved her and Boaz bought her. And Boaz made her happy. Only God can do that for you tonight. Are you listening? While your heads are about knives are closed, I'm going to ask the ladies to come, Brother David, to give us a song. We're going to sing in just a moment. I wonder if God's spoken to you tonight. I wonder if God's talked to you tonight. I wonder if you're here tonight and you're you're doing what the first chapter of Ruth says they did. They went down, backslid. Went away from God into the land of Moab. Oh, you hear me. While they were in that land of Moab, they met a little girl named Ruth. And she became part of the family. Now listen. The Bible says in the fourth chapter, the last two verses. Now listen, I'm going to give you something. You can read it when you get home. It says, and Ruth and Boaz had a son named Obed. And Obed gave birth to Jesse. And Jesse gave birth to David. Oh, isn't that wonderful? David. David, the one that came as the king to save Israel. But I'm glad 1900 years ago, the Holy Ghost, through the virgin's womb, oh, planted the seed. And the Son of God was born. 
And he died on a cross 33 and a half years later. Oh, to save us and to keep us and to bless us and to help us. Aren't you glad tonight? I want the ladies to do like they have every night. Play one stanza of the song that Brother David selected. Listen while they play one stanza. Let God speak to you tonight. Would you do it? Let God speak to you. Thank you, ladies. Now, in a moment, we're going to pray. But it's not that you heard all there is to know about Ruth. You didn't. But you heard enough tonight to know that if you're away from God, it's dangerous. They got away from God. And boy, that was dangerous. Anytime you're away from God, you're in danger. And you heard enough to know that somebody loves you enough to pay the price for your sin. And you heard enough to know that when you were nothing, praise God, he came to make somebody out of you. I'm going to ask you three questions like I did last night and night before. And I want you to answer, beloved. I want you to be honest. Don't stick a 